another episode of Overdressed and Underqualified, a podcast for young professionals who are dealing with the trials and tribulations of life without training wheels. I am one of your co-hosts, Danny Rojek, uh, and very excited to share with you this month's episode um, on work-life balance, uh, a subject that I think all of us have to deal with. Um, It's an interesting setup this week. We went with an interview uh, this month with a friend and colleague of mine, so it's just me uh, giving you this intro and outro, Naomi had some scheduling conflicts. So, you know, they let me loose on this one. So who knows what's going to happen? so typically we do a segment on great fits. Um, I will talk only briefly because it's just me bragging about myself at this point. But, uh, you know, in July I had the opportunity, um, to wear a tuxedo for the first time in a while for my sister's wedding. Shout out Grace and Josh. Congratulations. Uh, So I was styling and profiling from head to toe, uh, and it was a great time. Uh, You know, I don't really get the opportunity to wear dress clothes very much anymore because of the nature of this new COVID working environment, but it's, uh, it was great to kind of spruce on up and and get jiggy with it, get jiggy with it on a wedding dance floor. So let's get, you know, down to business, as we say here on the podcast. Uh, I'm flying solo on your intro today. Because uh, we have a different kind of style of episode this month. You'll eventually hear it and we'll get into it, but we're talking about work-life balance and we felt it best to kind of get a mix of perspectives. Uh, so we were able to sit down and have a wonderful in- interview with the senior brand manager at Supply Kick, Audra Chalmers, a personal colleague and friend of mine, a wonderful person who wanted me to give a shout out to her brother, Adam. Um, it was his birthday when we ended up recording this in early August, so... Shout out, Adam, um, Julius Chalmers, for happy birthday, my man. It's a great conversation and dialogue around kind of how do you fulfill yourself and, and balance, you know, your passions in work and your passions in life? How do we transfer hobbies from a very collegiate lens into the real world? Uh, and just a good dialogue. So I hope you find uh, a lot of insight out of it. And, and, you know, again, I'll do a little wrap up and outro for the folks, but uh, it's it's really been a great interview. Thank you, Audra. And and we'll kind of get into it. So let's get started. Alrighty, everyone. Uh, thank you for that great transition into this interview, Danny. I'm sure it was fantastic, even though we haven't recorded it yet. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm, I'm so esteemly honored to introduce our interview for this episode on work-life balance, um, Audra Chalmers. She's a co-worker of mine at Supply Kick, uh, but she's a 2016 graduate of the University of Cincinnati, go Bearcats, uh, and then was a OR fellow out of college uh, a couple moons ago, and now is a senior brand manager at Supply Kick. Uh, I have the esteemed privilege of working with her. Uh, welcome. How are you? How's your day been? Hello. Excited to be here, guys. Hey, Danny. What's up, Naomi? So good to meet you. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. No worries. So, uh, you know, we've prepped a little bit before this, but um, for our listening audience, uh, we're talking this week about work-life balance. So I think the easiest way to get started is, is just to say, you know, what, what do you do for work? I know Naomi knows a little bit, but, you know, tell us more about all that you yeah. Absolutely. Well, I was lucky enough to be an OR fellow back in 2017, and I was hired by Supply Kick, as you know, Danny, 
and we are a brand that helps uh, other brands sell on Amazon. So I get to manage about 30 brands or so um, with their Amazon strategies and help them tackle the e-commerce world. Um, been at Supply Case for about four years, so had a, a variety of experiences there, seeing it grow. Um, and yeah, I feel like I'm in the perfect role now for, for what I enjoy doing and um, kind of what lights me up. Fantastic. Yeah. So um, really, what do you en- what do you enjoy about Supply Kick? Putting you on the hot seat really quickly into this. Um, you don't well, have to go deep into too much detail, but, you know, tell us a little bit more about the trials and tribulations, just so we can get a better sense of, of all the great work you do. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I love the team. It's really you, Danny. You're the reason you're the reason why I stick around. Um, no, it really is. It is a team. It's working with, gosh, 30 of, of the best people, um, the incredible culture that has been built over the course of many years. It doesn't come easily. Um, it's taken intentional leadership and effort by a host of people um, to build that environment of teamwork. And I feel like we all really embody uh, the values of Supply Kick and um, we kind of default to trust and we, we know everyone else is an owner of what they're doing. Um, and you can definitely bank on everybody um, kind of living into the role that they're, they're hired into, um, but also knowing that if you need help with anything, you have 30 other people to reach out to. So um, we're also just tackling a weird world of Amazon and dealing with the big beast that it is. Uh, so yeah, it's a lot of ups and downs and new, new turns and twists every week. Um, as we know, even right now, but, uh, it's, it keeps it fun and exciting. So never, never a dull day. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah, you said a lot of great points that I'm glad I squeezed out of you so we can talk about them later. Um, but I think Naomi's going to ask you more about kind of what you like to do for fun, some hobbies. Yeah, so I have heard lots of things about how you're an amazing employee, but not only that, you also somehow manage to balance all your time across these awesome hobbies, um, volunteering, everything. So I'm super curious to hear more about what you do for fun and what some of your hobbies are outside of work. Right, absolutely. Well, Supply Kick is a wonderful paycheck and gives me uh, a lot of freedoms, Um, but yeah, I feel like Work-life balance isn't necessarily what how I perceive things. I guess it's more of like a, a mix between the two because I get a ton of you know purpose and fulfillment out of work, but also, um, gosh, there's so many curiosities and interests that I have that uh, I'm constantly trying something new or thinking of something new. Uh, most recently, I, I got to purchase a Jeep. Um, so I'm learning how to drive a stick shift in this awesome new Jeep Wrangler. Um, and figuring out how to sell my, my Honda Civic via the private market. So that's the, the latest thing I'm tackling. But no, outside of work, uh, I love to, to exercise. Everyone who knows me knows that I love that. Um, some of that is out of necessity. I have some kind of health funks that um, the more I move, the less I hurt. And uh, it's kind of a blessing in disguise in the sense that it keeps me motivated um, to keep moving. And uh, adventures always want to go somewhere new. Um, see new things, but I love bringing people together, gathering people as much as I possibly can. Um, so connecting friends, just connecting people, um, getting to know people's stories. Uh, I am learning more through post-COVID world that uh, I really enjoy alone time. It's not something that I necessarily gave myself a ton of in the past. Um, mix of thinking that it was, you know, either selfish or just, uh, I don't know, it didn't fulfill me as much, but I feel like I've just changed as a person um, as I've grown up a little bit and just kind of living into that more and spending a long time intentionally. But and that when I'm with people, I'm fully there. Um, so I love to hang with the college kids, um, bring adults together and um, 
even learning how to to babysit infants. Uh, my roommate loves babies, so I get to spend a lot more time around babies these days, and I actually adore it. So, yeah, just trying new stuff all the time. As always, Audra, wonderful diverse array there. I wrote down so many notes. Oh, so excited to dig in. Um, <laughs> So I think you, the biggest thing you talked about that I pulled from that and, and kind of a natural segue into what we want to kind of ask you about next is uh, fulfillment, right? I, I like that keyword. <clears throat> I think that's something we'll probably talk about a lot in this episode. I probably have already talked about it and will talk about it, um, is, is really finding fulfillment and using that to kind of prioritize um, your time and your hobbies. We only have so many hours in the day care to touch any more on that maybe a recent example not to put you too much on the spot and if you knew, need more time our lovely editor benji will work his magical wonders but uh, you know uh, anything more on kind of fulfillment or how you prioritize all of these things that you like to juggle day in and day out yeah absolutely um i think there's like a mix of fulfillment and and like pouring out versus filling up and there's kind of a, a tension there you know the more you're pouring out um in life and, and giving but you aren't refilling you're gonna go, come to like the end of yourself in some ways and and really dry out um so i've i've learned a lot more about what that looks like because uh, i've run pretty hard in the past at times and end up crashing in some ways the more you're in the nine to five work life your day-to-day doesn't change so much, uh, you'll notice more habits and patterns about yourself. So um, I'm learning a lot about the value in just resting and refueling and figuring out how to do that specifically for me, not how everybody else might do it. I have to start from a place of filling to be able to, to live life and live it out. And I find sweet fulfillment in like figuring out that tension. So I will kind of drop anything to, to help someone. And I want people to thrive and other people to be feeling fueled so I don't know it's just kind of like a mix of all the things that sounds kind of fluffy but yeah definitely learning a lot more about the habits and patterns that I live in and how does that help me either flourish or I guess decay at some point um but yeah helping other people thrive live into their passions and and fill up that's what I love to do and that's where I get the most fulfillment yeah I, I love that um that kind of filling up and pouring out and quote-unquote drying out that you talked about that'll definitely get branded into some sweet merch as we uh, <laughs> developed, you know, overdressed and underqualified. But I like that. I feel like it goes to show that, you know, people are different types of containers. And I think everyone exists on that spectrum of you probably do a lot more just because I know you very well pouring out than you do filling up because uh, I consider you to a pretty unselfish person. And so I think I'm probably, if I'm being honest with myself, I fill up more than I pour out a little bit. And that's okay. I think I pour out a little bit more concentrated, maybe if that's the way yeah. you want to say it. Um, so I think that's a good way to think about life and, and, and all the hobbies and stuff you do. And even when you're doing work and if, and if you don't necessarily enjoy it, looking at the aspects that can potentially fill you up and translating that into recharging yourself as you look at everything in a give and take. Naomi, did you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I really like that, how you worded that. And the element of fulfillment, I think, is something that you kind of overlook about yourself, especially when you're starting out in your new job because and starting your career because you're just so focused on doing a good job and making sure that you're making others happy and not necessarily stepping back and seeing 
am I doing okay? Am I going to like push myself to burnout? And I think that that's something that most people experience in their life at some point, but knowing your limits and knowing when you need to step back, rest, you know, and be honest about the fact that you're kind of struggling a little bit is really important. And I'm the same way where I will, you know, push myself, help other people, put myself on the back burner. And I think that that's something that, you know, people pleasers are just bound to do. And so um, I just really like that um, you really touched on how it's important to, you know, spend some time on yourself, focus on yourself. And people do that in different ways. Like you said, I'm pretty introverted. So I actually like being by myself. I like recharging on my own, whereas others need to go out, need to hang out with their friends or host people. So it's like, you know, everyone is just so different in the way that they recharge and, you know, everyone just does it in their own way. So I think that is just super important to keep in mind, especially, you know, working in the nine to five when you are, you know, you don't have that variety and that sort of thing. So I really like how you worded all that very eloquently. Yeah, I think if I could just say one other thing on that, um, if I think back to my first six months ish at Supply Kick, right, I didn't necessarily live in a role or work in a role that I felt like I was having any impact at all. And so if you are looking for work to, to fill yourself up or get purpose, um, some people might get that in their first six months of work, like Danny, he, our team cannot function without him 100%. But if you don't necessarily have that, you have to look elsewhere, right? If you are looking to one thing, your job, your function there for that fulfillment, and it lets you down, in some ways, that's a blessing, because then you recognize that that's not necessarily where it all is supposed to come from in the first place. And so I feel like that habit of turning those wheels and figuring out, okay, well, what else is there? Um, that was something I was kind of forced into. So blessing in disguise, for sure. Yeah, that's a great point. I was I was just about to ask you about that. You know, we're centered around the whole tag of overdressed and underqualified is, is life without training wheels. And I think that's one of the things that it's a little bit of sink or swim within your first six months at a new role is, is you either tend to not quote unquote pour out enough and, and you stay very reserved and fulfilled within your six months, or you, you pour out a little bit too quickly and, and you help everybody on everything and you can find yourself very overwhelmed. So I think even understanding that metric is a helpful helpful tool to just kind of truly think about how much are you getting versus giving in terms of emotional fulfillment, skill development, process development, all those little things that you touch and have an effect on whether you think you do or not within your six months. Audra, anything you noticed or remembered? I mean, you touched on it again previously within your first kind of six months or that first role of any key breakaways, you know, and if and if not, that's totally fine. But anything where you kind of noticed that switch? Yeah, I think, gosh, I mean, all right. I, I studied communication and math at UC and uh, wanted to, to graduate and, and head out into the working world. And by the Lord's grace, I got a role at Supply Cake that was just fast growing and incredible. But I was hired into a data role and I didn't know how to do a V lookup. So quickly, I felt completely underqualified. Um, I would say overdressed, but I wore sweats to work for the first year or so there and I had no problem with it at all. I feel like 20 employees was the range at which I started dressing then. Uh, no, I knew quickly I could have an impact on things like culture and people and getting to know people. And so that's something I definitely threw myself into. And also within our fellowship, it's a finite amount of time, right? It's two years and you're already feeling it fly. Like Danny, you're a quarter of the way done if you want to look at the, the real calendar and what the heck is that, right? So there's almost like permission to drink from a fire hose and try it all if you can and have the capacity to. I guess what what's tough there is like Naomi, if you feel like you're an introvert and that's not necessarily something that's possible for you. Well, I'm pretty sure I'm an introvert, but you know, did it anyway. So at some point you're going to figure it out and like unrest a little, but 
yeah, I just, I cared about getting to know people and their stories. And that's a lot of what I did at Spy Kick, work to build culture, work to get to know people and, and bring people together. And yeah, we're building a really cool team and company and organization, but it's not going to continue on and function well if, if people don't know each other um, and see each other for people. So I, I just remember spending a lot of time on, on the culture part and, and learning the lookup and summit. <laughs> <laughs> For any uh, brands or partners of SupplyKick now listening, Audra is definitely gifted enough in Excel and a VLOOKUP wizard herself. Uh, I, I like what you said, and this is a natural question we had written down here, um, and I think it's important to touch on, and Naomi, you may want to give more context to this, but I think if we're talking about things from that first job perspective, it's, it's really how did you find yourself kind of translating your passions or your hobbies from like a collegiate view into a more kind of professional young adult view. I think that's something that I've kind of struggled with of the things I really enjoyed in college and, and cornerstones of my personality outside of the work I was working on and, and how that shifts when you go to young adulthood and, and how to kind of measure that, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's quite a robust topic and kind of gray space in a way. Uh, I feel like there's some sweetness in college in the sense that a lot of it is rigid um, and there are breaks in a day and you have chunks of time where you're investing in something and then you pull away from that topic and move on to the other organization or the other class or whatever. And there, those are natural breakup periods, but now kind of what you get is lunch, right? And you might not even take it because <laughs> some people work straight through lunch and especially in the post COVID world, if you're working remote, you really need to look at the clock or else the day is going to kind of tick by and what, it, what did you do? So I feel like I need to set up breaks. Uh, to be able to to think and figure out what I want to be about in a day or what I want to be about as a as a person for X amount of time, you know, give yourself three, six months and go try something or, or whatever. So um, you have to sort of manufacture those breaks and that those natural creative times that you had in college in the adult world. So that's something I'd say. Uh, also, I didn't necessarily have a traditional college experience. I wasn't in college super long, I guess. I tried to crank through it as quickly as possible. So um, normal involvement in extracurriculars and clubs and things like that. I pretty much focused on my, my schoolwork. Uh, I worked part-time and, and I got to hang out with high school students through Young Life. Um, so it was also a fire hose experience. But I would say if, if zooming out and trying to imagine you know a normal collegiate experience, like you have natural breaks, times to be creative, times to think about what you want to be about and the freedom and actually energy to do it. So the best you can sort of manufacture that as an adult is important. Like use your weekends, you know, set out certain amounts of time to, to really think and prioritize and figure out who you are as a person, your identity, and figure out how you want to live that out with your nine to five chunks already taken. <laughs> I feel like you make a really good point there. I've, I just feel like in college, you have more time. And I always thought when I graduated college and I worked nine to five, I would have more free time, but I definitely think that that's not the case. And I definitely feel like I had way more time in college to focus on myself, to, you know, spend time with friends, to hang out. And so I do agree that like, you almost have to be intentional about when you schedule your free time and how you're spending it. And I think that that's something that I really had to get used to. And like, it's really weird to like put on your calendar, like hang out with so-and-so at this time or like go hiking at this time or whatever. Like it's very weird to schedule out your free time because in college I didn't schedule any of my social stuff pretty much. It was just, it just happened naturally. And so I think that that's something, you know, prioritizing your hobbies and making that transition into the work world where you have less time and your friends are scattered. You just have to schedule it. And, you know, I think that that's something that 
you're not prepared to do. So I feel like a lot of people after they graduate and they start their new job, they are kind of lonely for the first couple of months because they don't know how to do that. And I, you know, we also kind of started in COVID. So it was on top of that and not being able to hang out with people. It was, you know, not really knowing how to. So I don't know. I think that that's a really good point that it's, you have to be way more intentional about how you spend your time and specifically your free time. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point, Naomi. I think it talks about, I think <clears throat> probably time commitment in total, college is very similar to adulthood, but I think what changes is the flexibility of it all. I, <laughs> uh, I used to not schedule classes before noon um, because I knew I wouldn't go because I wouldn't get up. I'm just not a morning person, plain and simple. That's why we're recording this podcast episode at seven o'clock at night because that's when fun Dan rolls around. But I I think that's the big, well, one of the takeaways that I think both of you mentioned is you have the time, but it's so easy to bind yourself within that nine to five framework. And then so much of your energy is depleted for stuff in the afternoon that your amount of flexible time, that's the best way to say this, finally got there, uh, your amount of flexible time is much smaller. It, it goes from 24 hours to basically 10 or five really. And and so you find yourself needing to schedule that out. I, I like that point. Yeah. Not to mention not just the time you have after work, but your energy level, because I work from home, right? But my roommate will come home from the office and she just hits the floor, you know, just like lays down. It's like, oh, right. There are all these things you want to do after work, but unless you really set your mind to it and already had that plan in your head, all you want to do is lay down. So yeah, you really have to plan that into account too. For sure. I definitely agree with that. I almost did that tonight. I'm, I'm going to be honest, I forgot for a sweet second, and we've been talking about it all day, but I forgot <laughs> we were recording tonight, and then I was eating buffalo wings, and I, like, looked at my phone, and I was like, did I have something tonight? And I, like, whipped my head over to my kitchen clock, and I was like, oh, 6.30. Oh, yeah, we, like, got to get going here, Dan. <laughs> Scarf these down, buddy. <laughs> Lots to do. Um, so I think that's a, a pretty good sub- segue into kind of balancing your time. I know for myself personally, um, and I think this is one of the things I discovered when I was on co-op, was just the beauty and power in scheduling your day out, filling your calendar, even if it has flexibility of literally just blocking stuff. And as I look here at Audra's calendar for the week, it's almost giving me a headache like a game of Tetris. Um, So I think she probably has a very similar viewpoint. I don't know if you want to speak on that, just kind of some tips on We've talked about the flexibility and, and giving more voice and power to your your hobby, the life balance, but let's talk about balance within work. Let's balance each and then balance them together and Tetris, boom, there we go. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we know the magic at Spikic of focus blocks, right? So if you want to chunk out your work schedule into 30, 60, 90 minute blocks of getting X tasks done, I mean, they're all those studies you can read post-COVID of how to optimize your time and you're better and, you know, more efficient at work if you take a break and yada, yada. So, you know, have, being intentional about taking breaks even during the work day, but I like to, to chunk out my time in 30, 60, 90 blocks uh, to get either said topic, project, uh, deep dive analysis, whatever done, um, but obviously have enough little breaks within to stretch a little bit, go for a walk, go see someone for lunch, whatever. So, yeah, my work calendar is kind of blocked out that way. Um, sometimes I do it just so I can know I'll be heads down working a- alone on some things. Um, but if you look at my personal calendar, similarly, it's just a different color. Um, and I can even have a, a calendar up on the wall if I want to block some other things out and just see what a, a month is going to look like overall or 
a quarter, if you will, um, so I can plan things out accordingly, whether it's a personal goal or project or chunking things out. And quite often I'll look at a month ahead of time and see what it looks like and then start breaking it down from there. Yeah, that's, I am a big calendar person and I could not live without, you know, I use paper and I use my Google calendar and I just, you know, put everything in there. And I also have learned the value of chunking your time. I didn't do this in my first role, but now um, in my new role, I do. I, you know, pretty much my whole calendar is filled with, you know, a task I'm going to be working on or um, meetings, whatever it may be. But I make sure that I schedule it out. That way, when I wake up the next morning, I'm not sitting there for 15, 20 minutes being like, okay, what do I work on trying to get my day together? I like starting work knowing exactly what I need to work on, what I need to get done. And it just helps me stay organized. And I think that that's a skill that a lot of people kind of learn on the job. And in college, you have two, three, four, maybe five classes you got to keep track of and how, you know, a day or whatever it may be, but you don't have a ridiculous amount to keep track of typically besides your assignments and measure out how you're going to be working on them. But, you know, when you actually get to the work world and you're, you know, sitting there with an eight hour day and you're not sure what to work on, it's a lot harder to adjust to that time. So I definitely am have found the value in just scheduling out your calendar and making sure that you're staying organized. And that not only helps you, I personally stay sane, but also helps you get the work done in a more timely manner usually. So great skill to learn. Yeah. And we got to shout out Kristen McCauley from Supply Kick with Todoist. It's a, a great app to help you organize projects and your time and prioritize different tasks uh, in color coordinated ways. So um Benji, you can edit that out if you want. <laughs> Benji, don't edit that out. I demand it stays in. Shout out Kristen and all of Supply Kick for constantly supporting the efforts of certain individuals, <clears throat> myself. I, I think that's a great point. I, I too, I mean, I, not to toot my own horn, but no, I, I absolutely love scheduling things. Plus, I'll schedule stuff on like a Monday. Like Audra will ask me very nicely to do something and she'll give me a deadline by the end of the week. And I'll just like pick a time block on my calendar and be like, okay, like I'll work on this for an hour then whatever. And then lo and behold, I get an alert while I'm working on something else three days later. And I'm like, oh yeah, I need to do that. Like really, it really helps you hold yourself accountable too. And I think that's a big key of kind of looking at things from a more balanced standpoint. Next, as we kind of cut down this list of things I wanted to talk about, I want to talk about saying no, which may not be your strong suit, Audra, uh, now that I think about this, but I think you can still provide some very good insight. You know, I think that's one of the things that's really difficult to learn when you're starting a new role and but it's such a huge key of balance right like filling up and pouring out you you need to know how to say no or communicate that as nicely as possible that is an Audra strong suit the communication of a no you know to touch on it more give me that Audra brand spice on on you know saying no managing expectations keeping the bar within reach you know tell me more yeah uh yeah, it's not something that comes easily, like you said to me. Um, and like I said for or, it's quick. It's two years. You have a limited amount of time to try a ton of stuff. So if you're bad at saying no in or fellowship, give yourself some grace because you're not going to have that time forever. Get after it. Try stuff. Do whatever. Don't sleep. Whatever. No, I'm kidding. You need to sleep. I just <laughs> title episode of the podcast. Don't sleep. Got it. We're writing it down. Yeah, well, you know, I have set non-negotiables in a day and now getting X amount of sleep is one of those things. So I've learned uh, the hard way. But no, I have definitely learned more about the importance of saying no. And I feel like 
saying yes is a bunch of other no's. And so you just need to learn what you want to be about, kind of like I said, and figure out what makes you tick and the person you want to be and the things you want to be involved in, um, but also know your capacity. And that's uh, energy-wise, socially, time-wise, all of the above. And so if you if you do need to say no, that's okay. It really is. Uh, and you don't even have to give all the reasons why you can't. I used to start practicing saying no to certain things and say, oh, because I'm doing this and this and this, and I hope you see that as valuable enough for me to not be doing what you're wanting me to do. But now it's just, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to do that. How about this time? Or how about, you know, we reschedule? Or how about, here's an alternative for you. Or here's a different person who might be able to help you out. You know, try to equip the other person to do whatever they need to do or get whatever they need to get done. Done, but you don't have to be apologetic about it. I think that's a really important key to saying no. Yeah, I feel like just the way you say saying no it sounds so harsh, but it's just saying yes to other things and making sure you're still full on wherever you're choosing yes to be. Um, so yeah, don't feel apologetic about it. That's a huge lesson I've learned and just clearly communicate what you need. And that's okay. I don't know how else to Audra Spice brand that, but it's a hard lesson to learn. It takes time. I'm not perfect at it. No, that's a good uh, point. And it was very Audra branded. Saying no, you've just, you've pre-committed. We've already said yes to other things, and that's okay in life. Um, the key is just figuring out what those other things are and making sure that they matter to you, which is also very difficult. But luckily, you have the three of us to guide you, podcast listener. Worry not down this uh, <laughs> down this hole. Naomi, any other comments before I start rambling myself into non-existence? <laughs> No, I actually, this is so funny because I literally just had a meeting with my manager today about my capacity and how I've been super busy. And he even told me, he's like, you need to push back on me more. When I, when I give you something to do, like you can say no or, you know, and so it's just really interesting because we just had this really awesome talk about how, you know, I'm allowed to do that. And I, I haven't like felt like that's something that you're allowed to do because it's like typically you know in college like yeah you can say no to like extracurriculars or like helping out with something occasionally but you can't say no to like assignments and that sort of thing so just learning how to say no in a professional and a kind way in the workplace is just something that I feel like not a lot of people have the skill set to do and so it's just hilarious that it's you know, this is coming up now after the conversation with my manager today, but it was a really good thing to hear directly from him because he's the one giving me my assignments and hearing him say, like, you're allowed to say, I'm at capacity, we can work on this at another time, or asking how, like, if this is a priority, how do you want me to restructure, you know, my day or, you know, reprioritize. So it was just really good to hear directly from him, but I think that it's something that a lot of people, you know, do learn the hard way, and it's definitely not a strong suit of mine since, you know, we had to have that conversation. So um, just really, you know, something that everyone goes through, but definitely a really important skill to have for sure. That's super sweet. You got to hear it twice in a row. I hope yeah. it, it <laughs> sticks. <laughs> I feel like I was really impressed with you, sure. Danny. At the beginning of you at Supply Cake, I remember you starting to do that right off the bat. I'd be like, here, Danny, go do these things. And you'd say, awesome. I have all this other stuff to do. How do you want me to put this in there? <laughs> Wait. You already know how to do that? Dang it. You're new. You shouldn't, <laughs> you know. It's, yeah, it's I, that's that's a good point. I think one of the, the things I had a conversation with my manager or my mentor at Johnson & Johnson when I worked there, and we had a conversation on, quote, the weight of your no. What <clears throat> saying no doesn't always necessarily mean no. I mean, like, Audrey, you said it yourself at one point. You were like, well, no, but, like, we'll see maybe later. Like, that's already not a no. Um, and so it's about determining, like, 
if I say no, how big is the impact? Like how heavy is this no, right? So like if our manager comes to me and it's like a crisis and Amazon has shut down and the world is melting and she asks me to do something and I say no, that's a pretty heavy no, like brick on the fire pit kind of no. Um, so one of the things I, I learned and took from that conversation was as cool, elegantly and as spy level as you can really determining what the ask is you know what's being asked of you what do they need from you and and kind of weighing that against the other stuff you're working on and understanding importance goes a long way in kind of politely declining the best way possible and and kind of understanding the situation you're in i don't know if either of you have that thought kind of thoughts on that process but i think it's an important way to keep balance in your work life is is understanding how heavy your nose are i think it's also important to use this practice in your personal life as well because i remember in our fellowship you got a lot of ass to do and a lot of things and there are a lot of cool opportunities but it's a similar exercise of of knowing your capacity in that sense too yeah so let's talk about that then bringing it all together our two our two separate scales on the scale that we're playing life on right work-life balance what a big topic as i kind of pitter and spin my own wheels as i figure out how i want to ask (laughs) ask this question about how do you balance work and life an age-old question maybe i just ask it that broadly and i want to see what both of you say so i can figure out things while you chatter but so audra or naomi either one of you take it out of kick it out of the park how do you balance work and life boom there you go question of the day that is oh man that's the question because i think that's the question that everyone always asks is how do you do it especially when you see other people you know, doing all these things, you see people with 20 hobbies, and you see people with all these like different clubs that they're involved in as an adult. And so I always feel like, am I even am I doing enough? I have the same amount of hours as they do in a day, and I am doing less, you know, so I think that's another factor is the comparison. So um, for me personally, I definitely think that, you know, getting organized in work and personal life, but getting organized, especially in work has been key for me to feel like I can shut down and relax and um, just not think about work in my personal life. And I think that doing that prevents, you know, work creeping in and me like, you know, being distracted or whatever. So definitely keeping organized and also, you know, I mean, I have my email, my Slack on my phone, but I really try to not look at it like late at night or, you know, I'll respond if it's something that is super quick, but it's one of those things where I think that setting those boundaries and, you know, I have my notifications off, so I'm not getting notified after certain hours. I think that's important to just help with your sanity and not constantly thinking about work. But as far as like, I think for me, my struggle has more been of like the comparison of seeing all these people doing all these things. And I'm like, but I'm so tired after work or, you know, I just want to relax after work and then, you know, spending my time on the weekend. So I think for me, I operate best when I have a couple things after work, you know, at night, a week, and then some things on the weekend. But I'm not one of those people who can go do something after, you know, every single night of work and be recuperated the next day. Like, that's just not how I work. Um, So I think learning that about myself when I or go too many places during the week, I am so exhausted and definitely not my best, you know, the rest of the week. So I think learning that has been key. And also, honestly, like picking up some hobbies because in college I like worked out, I like hung out with my friends and like, you know, was in some clubs, but other than that, I didn't really have too many hobbies. So, you know, 
trying out some pickleball, trying to learn that it has been really fun. I've been trying to do some golf, you know, just, just getting some skills as you know, what I've been trying to do in my free time. So I like more of the physical activities. Usually hiking has been super fun. Um, traveling, I've been able to travel a little bit more with COVID being over, which is nice, um, getting out a little bit. So yeah, that's kind of how I've been balancing, but it's definitely been like, I feel like now I've kind of started to figure it out after like a year of being, you know, in the workforce, but some of that has just been because COVID has had everything shut down. So there hasn't really been much to do in the personal life. Yeah, it's definitely been been a journey for me and I'm still figuring it out it's I don't think it's ever ending honestly yeah definitely all that was super well said also I'm loving that the the hobbies you're trying and picking up are pickleball and golf Danny and I are joking because our company sells pickleball paddles and so we're learning a lot more about pickleball and another one of my brands plays pickleball professionally at one of my accounts there so super fascinating I didn't know much about it um, the Olympics are inspiring right now, but yeah, all that super well said, I'm trying to think about even what to say and where to start. Cause like, it's just what's the shirk off the question, see what happens. My grandpa used to say, when you play, play hard, when you work, play hard. And there's a mix of, of that. So I don't necessarily block them both separately in my mind, like living life and, and fun and personal life and then work. It's kind of a mix of all the above. And I feel like I have a gift of being able to do that pretty easily just because of the, the people and the culture of supply kick. So it's, it gives me freedom to be myself in a lot of ways. And you don't necessarily have to put on a face or, or button up in certain ways. You are truly free to be yourself. So I'm just really grateful for that at, at our office and our work. But I think just ways to, to balance and back to the initial tension of pouring and filling there are a couple non-negotiables that I have to kind of have in a day that is you know sleep we all need to prioritize that well but or fellowship I didn't have a lot of that you know taking care of our like physical selves whether that be uh you know eating well getting your grocery shopping done uh that is such a struggle of adulthood someone has to do it and it's gonna be you um it's really really sad but yeah just prioritizing taking care of yourself in that way similarly Naomi I love to be you know work out and exercise and get the high from that. And that's quite often a time when I get to, you know, check out and let my brain run free while my body's running or whatever, and just and think and process something. Kind of a sweet escape there. Uh, yeah, I just prioritize people no matter where it is. Um, relationships kind of come first and that's how I sort of tick. So yeah, definitely a balance. I want to work really well and do an excellent job, but then kind of like you said, set those boundaries where, hey, at five, you know, really try to be done. Um, lately when Amazon's crashing, you don't have the freedom to do that and you have to jump back on. But if you can, it's, it's sweet to go live and be really where you are once you close the laptop. Yeah, guys, those are some really great points and helped me kind of cultivate a takeaway while you were chatting. So oh, I can't wait. Not a metaphor. I could, I genuinely tried hard. I would got into a rabbit hole in my mind about Legos and I was like, no, it's not worth it. But I think the kind of general theme I sense from the conversation we just had is really passion first, but peace of mind. So it's find what fulfills you, fills your cup, whether that's within work or within life, both really, or you'll never really find kind of true fulfillment. You'll have to leave things. That's the point of balance, right? Um, And I think both of you briefly talked about peace of mind or the status that you leave things at. And sometimes that hard cut uh, five doesn't really happen, but it's more about leaving things in a place where you feel you have peace of mind, right? Like you've been to the gym enough. Um, Audra, I liked your takeaway on, on having non-negotiables and, I, and we're going to circle back and have you talk a little bit more about what those are for our listening audience. But I think 
leaving things, even if it's in a mess, in, in a place that you can take peace of mind as you kind of flip between your personal and your professional self as those kind of blend together, I think is huge. But as long as what you do fulfills you in some variety and, and is connected to your passions in life, you can you can truly push through those awkward boundaries and, and really work in a good direction. So I don't know how either of you felt about that saying, but I kind of liked it. Good work, Danny. All right, not negotiable. I want to know about your peace of mind, Danny. Peace we'll of mind. My, my peace of mind is very similar to yours, Audrey. I think it's people. I love socializing, connecting, the sound of my own voice. Um, I think that's where I drive a lot of my fulfillment and recharge from. COVID's been tough for everyone, but I, it was it was pretty tough for me to kind of feel that network and grow. And I just love being in social environments and situations and that leans more towards my extroverted side. So that's why I like the work I do. And it gives me the opportunity to be very outward facing, help with clients, have an impact and and drive things I can actually see, know that I affect some customer somewhere in, you know, the U.S. buying some paddle peck, pickleball paddle, you know what I mean? Casual plug, but also socially a lot of my hobbies are related to that you know things i enjoy things i am passionate about have some of that social interaction so that's how i would sum it up for me is it's very much grounded in people are my passion but being able to leave things in a peaceful state so i can quickly flop between the two um, are those nights where you know you're on slack till 6 30 and there's some deliverable that you'll feel better and sleep better if you send out now rather than tomorrow and sometimes it's you know, somebody responds to your email and there's seven purchase orders to send and that's not going to change if it has to get sent in the morning. So cutting yourself off, I think, is, okay. a, is a good key. Well, okay. I think that's a good place to end it then. Um, you know, Audra, thank you for your time. Uh, I have two final wrap-up questions for you. I would like to know your goofiest non-negotiable in life, you know, the, and I'll give you some time to think about it. We would also like one recommendation of something to watch, something to listen to. It can be, you know, training wheels of life, blah, 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 related. Or it can just be like, hey, you should really check out this. Take it away. The court is yours. Shamelessly Man. plug away to our Man. dedicated listening. Um, well, let's start with a recommendation. Actually, can I mix the two? I feel like my shameless non-negotiable is a recommendation. Go ahead. Um, yeah. Sometimes you need to just go watch airplanes. And that's something that I love to do for fun. I just, you know, separate from the city, go over to Indianapolis International Airport and watch some FedExers come in or fly out. You know, when, when you see and hear those giant cargo planes take off or land, you just, you just feel free inside. I don't know. So that's a, that's a non-negotiable that I kind of have. I have to do that every once in a while just to, to get away and it just fills my soul in some ways. Um, and best to do it from a Jeep. So if anyone wants to come with me in my Jeep to watch airplanes, this is me asking you to ask me to come along. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, I, I guess just for a tip, uh, whether or not you're watching airplanes, maybe just go for a walk and just kind of think and talk to yourself, not, not have a voice of what anyone else might be thinking. You should be doing with your time. If you are catching yourself, shooting yourself. Um, I should be doing this, I should be doing that kind of name. Like you said, the comparison game just pause a sec, take your breath. Hopefully an airplane will be flying over and you can just think, is that is that really true for me? Um, is that something that I should be doing or is that something I could do or I could do something else? Um, just about to box yourself in and not constantly be looking left and right, but just, just know inside for you what you want to be about. And Or Fellowship is such a sweet time to try stuff and, and do that. Watch airplanes, 
go on a walk, don't shud yourself. <laughs> Brilliant. Elegantly said. Merch coming out so- coming out soon. <laughs> Coulds, not shoulds, or shoulds, not coulds. The newest Dr. Seuss book. One fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. Thank you, Audra. I appreciate you giving us your time. Naomi, thank you for putting up with me for 45 minutes. I appreciate that as well. And whenever you guys want to go to the airport in my Jeep and watch some planes, let me know. <laughs> we'll only stall twice, I promise. I'll, I'll definitely sign up. I'll put some time on your calendar. How about that? Boom. Cool. <laughs> Link together. Love it. Thanks, guys. All right. want to thank Audra again uh, and you know for having her on and, and we try to provide a different mix of perspectives and inputs here on overdressed and underqualified and we think you know this is a really great talk um, just to kind of circle back on some stuff we talk about uh, and, and had a good conversation around but I think we had a lot of great key takeaway the ones we really love to talk about is that passion passion first but peace of mind and and leaving yourself in a good place to really focus on your passions that's a key part of balance of not kind of letting work eat at your social life and vice versa, uh, leaving things in a good place so that you can lead passion first. Um, talking about fulfillment and how you fill yourself up and pour yourself out and, and working in, in your hobbies to truly understand that is a huge input in this. Uh, so really, again, thank you to Audra um, and thank you for everything for listening. That basically wraps up this week's episode. We hope you had a wonderful time here with us on Overdressed and Underqualified. And again, as we leave you, we hope you're just a little bit more qualified to tackle next month. Uh, We'll be back and better than ever. Thanks again.